0: You're listening to The Paul Higgins Show, the place for ambitious tech consultants with purpose. After 18 years as a global sales leader and having a successful tech consulting exit, I'm sharing what's working now to transform emerging tech consultants worldwide into trusted consultants that attract the best clients and deliver measurable results. When you're ready to level up your clarity, results, and freedom, begin with the free tech consulting blueprint available at techconsultantsblueprint.com. Imagine you're working on a client project and you know that you just don't have the skills to complete it. You don't have the time to go and get a freelancer or you know that you've gone down that path before and it hasn't worked and you also can't get someone full time. So what do you do? You are stuck. Hello, I'm Paul Higgins and welcome to episode 511 of the Paul Higgins podcast. In this podcast, we're going to explore a solution for that. It's Staff augmentation It's in a region of the world that's under a lot of pressure at the moment. And it's the augmentation is for Salesforce partners. We're also going to talk about AI and the role it's currently playing in development and how it's going to play out. And our guest is Nazar, who's the CEO of Red Tag, a Salesforce implementation and staff augmentation company. He started his Trialblazer journey in 2011 as a developer. He loves the Salesforce community. He's an active member of the Salesforce ecosystem, regularly attending events, and he stays up to date. Nazar is also committed to giving back through mentoring and supporting developers who live in live in, in Ukraine, which is, as I said, uh, an area that's under immense pressure at the moment. And his free time, enjoys running, exploring the outdoors, skiing, and learning about new technologies and benefiting clients. So now I'm going to hand you over to Nazar Mikerton from redtag.pro. Great to have you here, nazir
1: Great. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, we had a wonderful conversation. You've had rapid growth in in your business and we're going to go through the background of that and uh, more importantly, how you currently help in particular Salesforce partners. But why don't we first kick off with who is your ideal client and what problems you solve for them?
1: Thank you. This is really a great question. So, we've been doing staff augmentation for uh, different organizations. We started like doing, it was a, didn't have focus, but since 2017, we focused only on Salesforce partners. And our ideal client will be partner who is growing and who needs support. Sometimes it's just like having uh, extra hands, but also as we work in it, right now it's 29 uh, Salesforce partners maybe even going to be 30 very soon. We still cover many different Salesforce products and industries, which is really hard for one partner to do. And many times we we have knowledge with products that partner might not have. Yeah, for us, really good for just to get started with, uh, with those partners that start yes. growing.
0: Great. So that's, yeah. And look, Salesforce are going to continue to buy them, right? So if you're looking at multi-cloud, so let's say someone gets an opportunity the marketing cloud, for example, but they don't have the in-house expertise for that. They don't want to use an external collaborator because that can get mm-hmm. tricky. That would be an opportunity to talk to you because you'd have someone with that specific experience. Is is that like an example? Yeah, that's exactly what what we do
1: and we help even some people build their own internal knowledge from us. It's also okay. We we're happy to share but it also uh, gives us like when we work with, with different customers and partners, we learn different use cases and learning those products.
0: Yeah, great. And look, I know that you've got a really cool way of constantly training your, your teams, which will come up to it. But, you know, you might be uh, listening to Nazar and saying, oh, look, you know, staff augmentation or, you know, having people offshore. I've heard a lot about it. I've heard some good stories. I've heard some not so good Stories, you know, I'm, I'm always looking at. Well, what what regions should I do it in? Uh, so, what I'd love to hear from you is first, you know, what regions in the world do you mainly cover? So, where are your people from? I think you've got what you know up to 130 people. I think the last time we spoke, is, is that still around the number?
1: Yeah, this is still around the number, and out like of the 130, 100 are Salesforce experts so most of them are in ukraine in lviv uh, which is western ukraine yes we have a quite tough situation in ukraine in general but likely western ukraine it's really stable and everybody continues their life and uh, we need to work because yeah, economy is really important uh, to support and luckily with salesforce what we need is uh, our uh, computers internet and we have all that it's really stable and some people are joking that go to london or bigger cities it's like the internet works better in lviv than <laughs> in some of those bigger cities which is like probably could be the case yeah and uh some of them actually right now also are spread right around europe mostly in poland but also like uh Thane and netherlands germany so uh yeah this is like what they had to do in the beginning or they actually tried to do because uh nobody really we we never experienced war, but this is like how it uh, went and people found their places to stay. And this is like where they continue their regular life now. But also they work closer to uh, partners, which is like also visiting their offices quite regularly. So, but also we did this to have like, just in case if we need uh, support in Europe and anything happens or not something that we we couldn't predict, we have support uh, in other countries.
0: Yeah, great. And just very quickly, all my thoughts and wishes go out to anyone that's been impacted by the conflict instigated by Russia on, on uh, Ukraine's sovereignty. So uh, yeah, my thoughts go out to everyone that's been been impacted. And I know for you. you, so that's where you're from. So it's logical for you to support people there. And I think, you know, it's for you when we spoke before this interview, you know, it's it's a passion for you to support people in, you know, in, in this situation, right? You were supporting people to tap into the world from that area. It's even more so now that the, uh, you know, the, the war, war is in uh, sadly in progress. But if I'm uh, so a Salesforce partner sitting in North America, Canada, or or the US, you know, Tell us a little bit about what the experience is dealing with someone in a in another country, in particular in the Ukraine.
1: Yeah, so it might be really hard to think about like working with somebody overseas before COVID, as which actually was many uh, companies were really struggling to understand how that works. Well, I cannot say that I like COVID, but it really helped us to build the way uh, that we used to work. Uh, way before it and uh, people became more flexible uh, about that so when we start working a lot of our people they even start their day later if they work with the us uh, organization to uh, to have like uh, overlap of hours uh they have like uh, um, enough hours so they have meetings and calls and they also normally it's not a regular call but if if they need to, to jump on a call like later for them in the evening like say nine or ten o'clock in the evening uh, just from time to time to on this discovery session or meeting with with their end client it's all fine they uh, ready for it because we understand that it's really important yes. and uh, we would like also like to hear it directly from from the uh, users when when we do the session or business uh, how we can better help them because yes having good consultant that translate it to us is good but sometimes there are things that are lost in translation and uh, it's always great to hear it from actual users and we always start really small Uh, we don't push anybody to to, to gain like a full-scale projects we start time material like a few hours a week especially it's really good if there is are like small chunk of project where we can show partners what we are capable of and then we can try each other, yeah? So because sometimes we also teach other partners how to do projects, which is like, because we have this experience since 2013, I uh, will be uh, 10 years actually in uh, September. So that's we'll, like as a company, which is like quite a lot of experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And And I think, you know, I think that's great because I know that some of the barriers, I used to run an outsourcing business. We had a little bit of development, but it was mainly on um, general VAs and a lot of it was people just didn't want to lock into a period of time because they didn't know if it was going to be right for them. So I think the way that you've done it is fantastic. You've got an easy entry point, whereas time and materials you can try before you buy and try it before you commit. You know, the one rule that I always have, and I don't know if you have the same, is the Noah's Ark principles. So I have two people rather than one. So I think it's always a risk if you just hire one person because what happens if that one person doesn't work out or, you know, if, if there's no built-in redundancy, so I always recommend having two if you're going to start. Now, I know with development, sometimes that's not the case and if it's very specialised, it's different. Um, what's sort of been your experience on that as a as a principle? Does it apply, you know, the one that's generic to outsourcing, how does it apply to development?
1: And Actually, it it, it does and we always try to find to have somebody who can like support other people go on vacation people get sick uh, right. people move to other companies which is all our part of our life and uh, what we do we always like as we have quite, quite a um, big team we always have somebody who, who can help and we always discuss our projects like internally how we can work together because we have this team lead model that especially helps our more junior people that learn like uh, when they create a solution we'll verify it with a uh, tech lead to understand if like to know exactly how it's supposed to be built and then before it's deployed we also uh, or like we use like git uh, repositories before it they get pull request to, to check and do code reviews and it's not just the code it's also like any configuration for admins uh, or like uh, all this part which is like Really makes sure that the quality of our deliverables are really high.
0: Yeah, great. And the question around geography, like I said, there's you know multiple geographies. Uh, people had different experiences, but the three that we normally come across is you know Southeast Asia, South America, and then you know um, Eastern European. Uh, so, what what have sort of been your experiences when someone looks at those three options? Like, why might they? Choose ukraine over over somewhere in you know say brazil or somewhere in you know in, in india india as an example
1: yeah it's really like uh the matter like where people sometimes find something closer yeah. i believe that we have people in ukraine that always like to defend their uh like uh, ideas and how they build things so they will always be thinking together with you and which is like also makes uh, part of cultural way how uh, people are working and people uh, are uh, not afraid to make decisions. So they will also help you like if they need to make some decision, well, yes, if it's something bigger, they will ask for approval, but uh, they will not wait until something needs to be done and uh, this really gives you uh, not just somebody to do tasks but actually somebody to work with you as a partner and uh, this is like what our partners and customers value in us that uh, it is just uh, really gives them conversation and not just somebody uh, doing work because nowadays, especially with ChatGPT and this stuff, uh, we will all have assistants. They will get more and more advanced and uh, creativity and having this more human part which is really important in day-to-day work uh, because all routine tasks will be most likely done very soon by uh, generative AI.
0: Yeah, look, and, and great point, I was going to bring that up. So why don't we uh, talk about that now? Have you seen it currently? And then what we'll do is get a window into the future from you. So how are you seeing it currently? Is it, you know, is it replacing some of the work? Is it augmenting? Like practically how is it helping your teams deliver better results to Salesforce partners at the moment?
1: Yeah, I'm frankly really happy about what's happening, excited and Uh, for some people that will not learn how to use it that will be uh, really tough but i think about uh, generative ai as another tool Uh, like for example we um, before we we started calculating we had abacus to calculate then we had a a, like electronic calculator and we got a computer with uh, like excel spreadsheets and this is like next level powerful tool that helps us to start working more efficient and For me, it's really something that I use regularly, can say even daily, just for uh, things that you sometimes don't even think that you you could even use it that that way. And I always like uh, uh, read those articles, how people actually think about the ways because I think even OpenAI themselves, they not always know uh, that their tool can be applied that way. Uh, And uh, I believe that's why people really need to start like learning how to uh, use it and uh, eliminate like or remove that part from uh, like how often or like they do those routine tasks and exactly. better is it spend that time on creativity or with your family or anything other that uh, can make your life better and easier.
0: Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's some thoughts out, you know, it was like you said, when computers came in, sadly I'm old enough to know that, you know, when we went from, you know, manual spreadsheets to to uh, excel and it. it certainly um i think it helped with the quality rather than it, there was a time saving I'll, I'll get that but i think the quality of our work was greater than the time saved what's been your experience so far with the augmentation of ai is it you know more quality more time yeah tell us what you're seeing with your developers at the moment
1: so, what we see is actually you still c- cannot remove that person. And it's really uh, like human in b- between AI and like the result. It's, it's just like what it can do, it can create a draft. It, and that draft can be used by you. You can prove it or you can like change like everything in there. And it's sometimes it feels like you, it's really important how you write those prompts. And if those prompts are, wrong or not good enough it will not understand you let's say yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah it's really actually helpful tool and uh, sometimes when i use it so there was like really you know, cool case when when we used uh for writing user stories from uh, like uh, transcription of uh, our discovery session we removed like customer names and uh, it instead of spending like a few hours sorry a few days on writing those user stories they spent probably a few hours uh just verifying that they are good some were really good actually yes. better, even better than i was writing them or my colleagues but some of them were like well it's just like because it's still generated yeah, it's not great, great, thinking. Great. let's say cause yeah because it's just combines things together based on how you, what do you put in and what context you gave it.
0: Yeah. And I I think that's brand. I think, you know, the the tool and the evolution, I think it is a tool. It's not a replacement. It's, it's augmentation, like you said. And I think there's, we don't know what we don't know at the moment, so it's going to continue to do it, but I think, you know, staying abreast of it. And I think for you guys, I know you've got a fantastic skill matrix system that you, you use internally and i know there's you know there's the technical and the non-technical skills and you know you you said you know roughly 50 50 but i think at the moment there will be a little over emphasis on well how do we use this this ai and on based on that how are you guys learning to effectively put that in the skill matrix to make your people better for the end client which is you the the salesforce partner listening to this today yeah so well,
1: we created our work on competitive matrix started like basically when we understood that we need something to have like a rules within our organization to measure where people are yes. but when we started measuring we understood okay we need to give our people something to learn from yes. uh and this is, was like the moment uh, when we started also, well, we are Salesforce uh, partner and we, we know how to build things really well. Why not build it uh, on Salesforce? This is what, what we did. And now w- what we have is really a tool for our people that they can uh, go inside, like they can log in for their profile and they can see their goals for, for, for this year. Uh, they They know what they're aiming for and they also can play with it. They can, when they change. If, for example, they are currently working as a developer, but they want to become a consultant because they feel like uh, doing this. And this is like where uh, they see their gaps, like what they need to work on. So it's when they to become a consultant and uh, we started with the technical skills, that's why more of it is still heavier on the tech side. But we always adding like, uh, like improving it, but now we're working a lot to, to add uh, soft skills part. And if you compare consultant and uh, developer, still you will have, need to have good soft skills as a developer, but you, you will be using them a lot more as a consultant. So, it, which means that you it's more required uh, for, for for you in your work.
0: Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. That's that's great. And you know, for for you, are you going to predominantly stay within the one geography, which is your, Ukraine, or you got? Um, plans to also have people you know else in other parts of the world
1: no actually we were quite global i would say well maybe global is yeah that's like too uh loud to say because uh, right now we are mostly still in the us this is where i currently am in chicago it's actually live view behind me that you you, you can yes. see but we are also like uh growing with bringing people over work uh, on site some projects require that, that because you, they just like demanded by government or client that you need to be inside because of restriction and uh, data uh, some projects don't then you can have flexible and it's also cheaper if you don't bring people over to the us but it's also like not just about price it's also about the unique knowledge that we have and it's really uh required and uh, what we really like, and that's why I actually uh, hated the car, because we couldn't travel and uh, couldn't go for kickoffs with, with our partners. Cause it's really a lot easier when you work with somebody, if you could spend like a week even together, make it so much better. Yes. Uh, you can ask questions easier you can go directly send a message because if not you kind of have this hesitant moment so still passes away after a while but it's just much faster when you need to.
0: yeah and then look it, it you know at the moment i suppose it's hard for people to travel to ukraine right um but but i know for me when we ran our, our facility was in the philippines the clients have got mm-hmm. the best value is the people that actually went and experienced the culture and actually went where the developers were and therefore that changed their perspective and I think you know we all know the saying that walk in someone else's shoes I think sometimes it's really good to go to their environment rather than get them to go to your environment so you know I know at the moment that's difficult but times will change and you'll also have people in different locations where people uh, do that but I always recommend are doing that. So um, you know, just as a quick update, it's episode five eleven and we're talking in the czar Mikitin, And uh you definitely have to uh, look at the spelling of that because it's a little different to how I just <laughs> pronounced it. And he's from um red tag dot pro. So you can go and find out more information. We'll have all the links in the in the show notes. But what we're gonna do now is go to Rapid Fire. So I'm gonna ask you four questions and I'm gonna get rapid fire responses to round us out. Are you ready for those? Yep. Let's do this. So the first one is, what are some of the daily habits you do to scar Red Tag Pro?
1: I work with a lot with our management team. So grow management team and team leads. It's really people who, who can be in charge uh, when there is nobody else to approve it or like to take uh, action. So you need, need people have all the time on site and uh, training. So, so using our Red Tag Academy to uh, train uh, new talents uh, because this is like, Finding Salesforce talent is really hard. So what what we do, we, we uh, teach them ourselves.
0: Yeah, great. And 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 just quickly on that, I think what I'm also realizing is that you know if you're even a a, a consultant, so you don't have a large Salesforce practice, you can still augment your skills and your training and it help with flexible capability with working with someone like Mazar and and his uh, Red right. Red Tag Pro business as well. Next question is. Where do you go to learn to find out more about scaling the business?
1: To figure out the next scaling of the business, I always uh, like visiting different events, going to community events or Salesforce events or uh, non-Salesforce events. Just also a lot of reading articles uh, like Harvard Business Review or other uh, good business articles helps me to understand and talking to other uh, companies and partners is also makes me inspired what, what they did and uh, think of uh, ways how we can do it just actually sharing this is always that conversation like oh we did this like oh cool maybe we can try it like you know uh this is like experience uh, yeah that's really helps to grow
0: Yeah, brain and uh next one is what's one wish we could grant you
1: well i would really be glad to have more like work on this uh, strategic uh, things. But sometimes uh, you have to be pulled into operational part and really depends like on uh, like uh, the crisis part of like sometimes we, we go through it. Actually, last year for many companies, it was quite hard. But yeah, what I really w- would wish is actually my, my type of character is actually going after something new and this is like what makes me inspired and uh, things like GPT and other stuff. I always like really uh, excited about those things and started learning about them. And also really happy when we we uh, get opportunity to work on the projects like that. So I'm also, so, as I have a, a developer background, I always like some, from time to time, I take part, not not really doing development, but actually understanding what, what people do there and how those, they use those tools.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Well, uh... I know you've you know been in like you said this business since two thousand and seventeen. You've been in the ecosystem for Salesforce since two thousand and thirteen. But what have you learned during that period that you wish you had have known earlier?
1: Oh, it's a really good question, and there are a lot of things that changed. And you cannot stop trusting people, but you really need to understand everything, how things work, to really rely on somebody, and uh, which is really like having a team that uh, can uh, can do things. It's really important. Uh, and um, for me, also, uh, you need to focus It's really for us, it's also hard to focus because as we work in different technologies now with, in Salesforce, uh, it's hard to pick the industry, hard to pick the products that we work on. But it's also really important when we focus on, uh, on Salesforce, this is like the moment that we start really growing fast. So Try to stick with something that you do, do good and then um, move to the next thing.
0: Yeah, great. The hedgehog concept, which is one I love, uh, rather than the cunning fox, which you know, you're know always trying to find ways, but there's normally one way of doing it well. And uh, I think, yeah, you changed this. From SAP to Salesforce has been a really good change and uh, well done. So uh, we'll have all the links in the show notes. Uh, but Nazar, thanks a lot for uh, coming on and sharing your experience. And also, once again, all my thoughts. And uh, prayers go out to everyone in Ukraine um, that has uh, yeah, been completely disrupted by something that never needed to happen. So, um, yeah, thanks for coming Thank on you, today. Paul.
1: Thank you for all the support. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me.
0: That was a great interview with Nazar. And I really like the fact that, you know, he's now got 100 people dedicated. I love the fact that he starts with time and materials first so you can try before you buy. And I also love the fact that he's got that Skill Academy the Red Tag Skill Academy, and also the Skill Matrix, where he's really developing his people, not just the hard, the soft. And obviously, you can hear that he's passionate about new things, AI, and you know that that's going to be going right through his business. Uh, what you like to share on LinkedIn and mention Nazar, the link is in the show notes. Also, if you've got other peers that are looking for people at the moment, you know, they're desperate for people, please give redtag.pro a try. So send it to them. Also check out our solo shows and I'll see you next time on the Paul Higgins podcast for more quick and simple ways to grow your tech consulting business and live more of the life that you want right now. Time for action. Subscribe, comment and let me know what you like best about this episode. Plus get your exclusive show extras and growth action guides for subscribers only. Visit techconsultants.com blueprint.com